<laughs> walking goat, I guess. Man, you gotta gotta give the the brewing industry. We have some names for beers, don't we? Yeah, well, th- th- it's gonna get real weird here in a second. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 145 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the Brigadier General of Barley, Barrel Aging, Bitterness, and the Art of Brewing. The one and only Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, buddy. I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm excited to be uh, on this with you. I'm excited spring is finally starting to rear its head. It's it's not sprung yet here in Ohio, but it's getting better. And uh, you know I love that. And uh, yeah, I'm always excited to do the unscripted podcast with you. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm also excited. It's been a good week. But you know what I'm really excited about, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be the good strongs over at Bam Bams. Have you checked out their uh, custom headwear program, Kirby? Absolutely love the dad cap from SKUCon. I wear it all the time. There you go. You know what it is. It's fully custom caps. They can design them or your team can design them. And they're going to be delivered to your customer in, in, what, 60 days? That'd be reasonable, right, for a fully custom cap? Absolutely. But it's not 60 days, Kirby. Hmm. Maybe 45 days. That would be reasonable, wouldn't it? That would be great. No, 30 days. That's right. 30 days or less from sample approval. Fully custom headwear. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So stocker custom. Let Bam Bams be your first and only thought for custom headwear. So go ahead and go over to BamBams.com. You can look at it there. You can contact your local rep, but you won't be sorry you did. No, absolutely not. Cool stuff. All right. Well, and one thing I want to remind everybody is that the podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Sweet. All those platforms. So all you need to do is search Promo Corner and subscribe, which I love. You cannot get away from us. No. no well, well, I try very hard to get away from you every week, yeah. but it just doesn't work. It does not. All right. Are you ready to broadcast at some sort of platinum level today? I am going to try. Would you like me to start with it? Why don't I start this week? You've started okay. the last few weeks. I'm going to start this week. Sounds good, buddy. So at the top of this, I called you the Brigadier General of Barley, and I used other beer terms. So I've got a little bit of a beer theme with my first topic. Okay. So I know you enjoy a a frosty adult beverage from time to time. I do. You brew beer for private label use in in the uh, far eastern Ohio area. Yep. But we know that big beer is really, really struggling to tap into consumer trends. I mean, they are – the sales are declining. Right. right. AB InBev continues to buy um, Miller Coors and then AB InBev, the two main main large just uh, breweries. They continue to buy craft beer brands and put them under that umbrella. A lot, most of the times, they're not changing things. They're just providing extra uh, distribution capabilities, extra marketing, so on and so forth. Right. But the the title brands themselves are dying. Right, they I mean they really are. When was the last time you saw anybody drink a Budweiser? Right. Yeah, it's so, uh. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, yeah, Budweiser in particular. I think Bud Light is still pretty strong uh, it is. as a brand, but but yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, what if I made you the brand manager of Budweiser? That specific, the the red, white, and blue can, the traditional, old school, hardcore, fully mm-hmm. leaded Budweiser. Right. 
what would you do to make it fun and relevant again? Because it just seems like they, they can't win. They can't do anything right. What would you do from a branding perspective? Would you mm, alter the brand? Would you – I mean, you could – if I gave you carte blanche, carte blanche if you will, <laughs> what would you yeah. do? <clears throat> Boy, that's because a you good know one. the space, and, and I'm really curious what you would do. I've got some thoughts, but I'd love to hear yours first. Yeah, so you know, one of the things that I, I it's interesting, and I'll kind of circle around, but I'll get back to your question. But I think what Bud Light was doing, where the, the kingdom and the dilly dilly and all mm-hmm. that stuff, I actually thought that was genius. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like what they were doing was tongue-in-cheek uh, taking on the craft brew industry, right? They're saying for the many, not the few, and making fun of all the terms, the mouthfeel and all that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. As a craft beer guy, I thought the Bud Light campaign was genius because I think that's one of the the kind of dangers of craft beer is I've actually said it. I'm like, I don't want to become a a beer snob. Right. Right. And I think there's, there's definitely some ability to do that. So I thought I actually, Bud Light is my least favorite beer on the planet. Um, but I thought that you don't like barley flavored water. I I do not like Bud Light. That's all I can Mm. say. Um, I actually think they took a big misstep personally Mm -hmm. when they started taking on Miller and Coors with the whole corn syrup thing. That was dumb. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm like stick in the lane that got you there because of the stuff that they were doing was genius. Back to the Budweiser, um, uh, conversation. I actually think from that perspective, I, I might actually go the other direction with Budweiser itself. Mm-hmm. I think I would start positioning Budweiser as the original craft beer. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And so an all-American craft beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the idea is it's a Budweiser is actually a little bit of a stronger beer. It is. Than, it's got some actual flavor to it. Yeah. it's a, I, I like Budweiser when, I, when given that. Yeah. By the way. I do too. I do yeah. not, as far as loggers go, it is a it is a solid logger. Yeah, and and the ability to do the consistency that they that they do with that is it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think what I would do is I, I I would you know call it the macro brew. I would go the original craft beer. I would I would kind of go to its the idea of quality and how you have there's accessibility and how it's you know, the American craft beer or something along those those lines. I think that would be the, and, and by the way, I would go the, it might hire the same agency that does the Dilly, Dilly, Dilly right. piece because I think that their creativity is is rock solid. So I think right off the top of my head, that is what I would say. That's great. And, and I honestly, in full transparency, I wrote this as a possible topic a few weeks ago. I haven't thought about it till this morning, so I did not do a lot of preparation. Okay. Um. What I what I thought about though when I kind of was looking at things this morning before we got on the air, was they've really marketed Bud Light well. So I'm right there with you. They've had from Spuds McKenzie uh, 30 years ago to Dilly yep. Dilly the last couple of years. I mean they've done a very good job of positioning Bud Light as a beverage you enjoy while having fun. For lack of a, I'm really blanketing here, but right. for the most sure. part, I'd say that's accurate. They have really made a poor choice, in my opinion, of trying to position Budweiser as like a a premium beer, Mm. and it's not. Um, And so what I thought about, if I was put in this position, very similar to you, but I took a little bit of a different route. I would talk about the history of Budweiser, Mm. the history of of how – Anheuser and Bush got together, um, how uh, it survived through prohibition. Um, you know, how, has the recipe changed at all? Probably hasn't very much, right. except, you know, maybe lower cost, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, ingredients going in, but for the most right. part, it's the same recipe. It's stability. And I think there's a story there to tell of, hey, through thick and thin, Budweiser's always been there type thing. Mm. Yeah, I like um, that. So real int- – but I think there's ways to do it. I love what you said about making it, hey, we're the original microbrew. Yeah. Because we survived and we did this. I, I love that. Um, yeah. Well, just craft, right? Yeah. Because that's it's so it's so funny because it's even hard for like Sam Adams to call themselves a microbrew. They're ginormous, They're yeah, right? Right. Um, so when you start talking about craft beers, mm-hmm. like I think that would be the the play I would do is say it's a craft. Like you know, it's well, always but, been a craft. And every beer is a craft beer. Even Bud right. Light is a craft beer. But it reminds me of the Mad Men episode, the first one where they're talking about Lucky Strike, and and. Uh, the, the owners of Lucky Strike are walking through the process of making cigarettes, and it's everybody's cigarettes, right? Mm-hmm. They pick the, the tobacco leaves, they dry them out, and they toast it, and Don Draper stops and says, there it is, it's toasted. He goes, well, every, everybody's um, cigarettes, are, you know, everybody's toasts their, uh, their tobacco before they roll it up. And he goes, no, other brands cause cancer. Lucky Strike <laughs> is toasted. And I think it's the same thing. Other giant beer companies, that's flavorless water. This is a craft beer. Right. It, it's, it's really marketing. It's not a sales problem. It's a true marketing problem I see that the big giant breweries are having because they've had such a big backlash of buying the smaller breweries. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so, what's interesting, and that's fascinating to me too. And oh, yeah. We could almost go off on a separate tangent because I, like, there's there's a pushback from the craft beer community on those people. They actually call oh, them yeah. zombie, mm-hmm. uh, zombie uh, breweries because yep. they've been bought. And yep. I always think that's silly too, because it's like, okay, so they've gotten more. They're they're running independently, but they've gotten more resources. What business wouldn't want that? Like, well, I, I think it's interesting. I, I agree, and you know, I know everybody gets really nervous when AB InBev, let's say, buys Wicked Weed or they buy. Um, they buy uh, Revolver, one of my favorite breweries in Texas. Are they going to change everything? Really, they are pretty smart about it. They don't change a whole lot. Right. They really let these businesses still run as businesses. Yes, they probably have to report P&Ls and things like that up through a chain of command, but they've got so many more resources, and it allows them to expand Right. their distribution. It's the whole reason I can get High Lie, which is one of my favorite beers in terms of an IPA here in yeah, Tennessee. Uh, you know, they're out of Tampa, Florida. You know, they're owned by AB and Bev. Hmm. Yeah, but they're cool. left alone. Same thing with Revolver. I'm about to get Revolver here in t- Tennessee, which I can't wait. So it's really a huge win for the consumer as well because you can go into any craft beer store or any reputable liquor store in a large metropolitan area and the choices you have are amazing now. Yes. Yeah, totally. And it's it, again, it's it's gone back to, you know, there's community breweries, there's all that sort of thing. So yeah. Anyway, back to the, the but back to the original topic. Yeah. I I've I think Budweiser is actually a pretty good beer. It's it making is. me think that I should go get some. Uh but uh I think that I think that both of us there I think there's something there. So I, I do stuff. too. And, and I do like Budweiser as well. I don't like regular Miller, the champagne of beers. I think that tastes like crap. Nor do I like regular Coors. So there's Fair that. enough. All Fair right, enough. Kirby, why don't you give us a topic? So I was thinking about a conversation that I think we have all the time, but I wanted to dig into it a little bit and get, get your take on how to determine it. I, I was thinking about, quite frankly, writing a blog post about this and how, you know, I think in so many ways our customers and, quite frankly, us as consumers – we determine value based on price exclusively. Right. Um, and 
that you know I was thinking about how the the term in my mind that I had yesterday afternoon was that's lazy mm-hmm. because the reality of it is price is only one indicator of value and so when it comes to and and you can go in the industry right I'm I'm good with that or it just outside of the industry when you're determining who to buy from how do you determine how do you make that decision because knowing you a little bit I know it's not exclusively about price so how do you determine value in a purchase situation? What, what are the ways that you kind of think about them? That's a great question um, because I'll probably surprise you a little bit here. Okay. I have a very long and rich history of trying to save a few bucks and regretting mm-hmm. it. When I okay. Um, yeah. I, I cannot tell whether it's like a dishwasher or refrigerator. These are the type of purchases I'm thinking of. Right? Yeah, that's I'm great. Not, you know, a, a, a fairly sizable purchase right like mm-hmm. a washer and dryer refrigerator dishwasher i have a very bad habit and i've really tried to break it recently mm-hmm. of going middle of the road i don't okay. want i don't want the bot i don't want the entry level one but i'm not going to spend the money for the top of the line either right and i cannot tell you how many times that has bitten me in the ass um <laughs> because i saved maybe 80 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever and I knew I was getting a little bit lesser quality, which is um, the cost of one service call, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I unfortunately, price is a big determining factor. I think because exactly what you said, it's lazy, and it's and, and but by the same token, it's also due to lack of knowledge, right? Because I don't understand exactly how a washing machine works. I mean, I know how it works, but I don't understand. Why this one is so different than that one. And so you go to a big box retailer, for example, and they have a little sign on there. And it's very difficult for a layman like me to figure out why the $670 machine is better than the $540 machine. Mm. What is the extra $130? Did I do the math right? Yeah, $130. (laughs) Why would I want to pay for that? And then when a quote-unquote salesperson comes and starts telling me about it, they know very little about it. Right. They, they can barely tell you. And so you, you end up having to do a lot more research online, and it gets very difficult. It get, I get tired head, quite honestly, trying <laughs> to figure all that shit out. And so I do – I still gravitate more toward the middle of the road on purchases like that um, because right. I feel like the quality is not radically different. But I'm trying to push myself up a little bit more. Um, right. To the higher end stuff. So I, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, totally. But I, to me, it always comes down to what do I actually know and understand about the product outside of the stereotypical features and benefits that I'm going to get from a salesperson? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great. And, you know, it's funny, you know, we're going through purchasing different things like that. And I, I am not a person who grew up buying brand names or top of the line stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back kind of tying it back to our industry is it yeah. is really funny how we talk about it all the time. I know you've heard it where you say, what is it? You can get it right. You can get it fast and you can get it cheap. Yeah. You get to pick two out of three. Right. Yeah. And um, Price, quality, value. Pick two of the three. That's what you get. Yeah, I got three and, balls. You get two. Yeah, and so um, it is fascinating to me um, how often, and that's what got me thinking about yeah. it, is when you get into those situations, and I've got a couple really good clients who are required mm-hmm. to do quotes. They're government agencies, sure, sure. and they have to. Mm-hmm. 
And it's so funny. They've been burnt so many times by and, and not going with, quite frankly, and this is totally self-serving, but yeah. not going with us. Right. Because somebody else was a nickel cheaper and then, you know, the event happens and they didn't get anything. Right. <laughs> and and so that, you know, they're working hard to work with me and our company. And it's the, the system is almost set up where they have to almost be criminal right. to, to do the thing that they know is best for their organization. Right. And that's what got me thinking about it. I'm like, God, it's not just price. And again, that's no. not to say that you don't spend three times as much. That's dumb. But mm-hmm. the idea that it's only determined by price is a in, in, in all areas of life, right? Mm-hmm. Is, it's, it's a lazy determiner. And so that's what got well, me thinking about I'm it. I'm going to fight push back a little bit. It's not just a lazy determiner. If I'm buying a product or service I don't fully understand, we can use promotional products if yeah. I'm outside the industry. If the person, if I'm, well, let, let's take the government agencies out of it because okay. that's something you can't control. That's a restrictive thing. Right. That's a, that, so let's talk about just a, let's put a hypothetical someone who's buying promotional products but may not really understand the industry, may not understand the value of it, so on and so forth. Just like which buying is, a washing machine. Which is most of our, our prospects and customers. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So if I don't understand as a consumer why I should be paying more for a specific product or service, you, Mr. or Mrs. Salesperson, haven't done your job. Yeah. So if I am, so it's not me being lazy because I have to determine on price because it is, that is going to, it's always a factor. I just don't ever want it. I don't ever want it to be the factor. Okay. It should be a factor, not the factor. But you know, if, if I'm felt like the only thing I really can decide on, if I feel like everything's exactly the same, if I feel like what I'm purchasing is a commodity, right. If you haven't elevated what what a what a specific product, if you haven't elevated that out of the commodity range, I'm gonna decide on price. So yeah, yeah, I guess it is laziness, but it's not my laziness as a consumer. It's your laziness as a salesperson. No, I like that, and and I think yeah, of course, it's the job to educate and whatever. Yes, and obviously, if everything else is equal, of course. But yes. for, and I think what you just said is interesting because what you just said is price is. The final determining factor, if that's it, if that's right? it. if yeah, if, if everything if, else is the same, if but, everything to me as a consumer appears, and that's what I'll say, appears equal, I'm going to go on price. Sure, right. I mean, if I if if you're buying a Maytag washer and you have the same exact model at three different locations <laughs> and three different prices, yeah, I'm going with the cheaper one. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, cool. Okay, that's cool. good. Um, let's do a quick one. Okay. Maybe not that quick. I want to talk about getting the most out of your team, Kirby. Okay. Um, so we all have teams we work with. Sometimes we manage teams, things like that. And we're talking about managing a team. When you manage a team, how do you get the most out of them? Because mm. you're going to have overachievers. Mm-hmm. Do you spend time with them to keep building them? Or do you spend time with the underachievers trying to elevate them to get to at least a halfway average point? What do yeah. you do? So I think like a, a lot of leaders of organizations, I don't get this right all the time. So when I'm about nobody to, does, <laughs> yeah. So but but I don't want to propose, you know, to, to be like, oh, here's how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. But where I found the best, where I feel like everybody's the happiest and most productive, is when I determine with the individual what success looks like. Yes. 
Um, and so like there are, uh, there's at least one person in my organization who is one of my top performers, quite honestly, but he came to me because I was pushing and pushing him. He's like, this is not what I want to do. I want to, I want to, um, you know, spend more time with my family. I want to coach. I want to all this sort of thing. And once I understood what he really wanted to do, I was quite frankly, much better armed to encourage him in the right way. Mm Mm-hmm. And also just like talk to him off the, off to the side and say, Hey, I'm, this is for everybody else, but I know you don't have the bandwidth for this right now. It's fine. And what I found is him being happier makes him more productive. And so, but then there are other people who are like, no, I want to put pedal to the metal and I want to go, go, go. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I think part of my challenge as a leader is getting them to trust me enough to tell me the truth. Yeah. Because what I find is everybody, when we're looking and setting goals, everybody wants to tell you what you want to hear. Oh, oh absolutely. And and the the fact of the matter is that's going to set both parties up for failure. Absolutely. Because I'm going to be frustrated and they're going to be annoyed because I'm calling them and, and bitching at them because they're not doing what I know they need to do to achieve the goal they said but didn't really mean. Right. So they tell you they what they think they want you to hear. It's not even right. sometimes what you want to hear. It's what they right. think you want to hear. Right. Um, I agree. One of the real challenges, I think, in, in leading a group of people um, is everybody's motivated differently. Yeah. And you can't just assume everybody's motiva- motivated by uh, hardcore just finances, you know, right. dollars and cents. Because some people aren't motivated that way. Some salespeople aren't motivated that way. Some salespeople, right. believe it or not, are motivated by doing just what they feel is a good job and getting internal and external recognition. So I think it's really incumbent upon a leader to really understand individually. And I love what you said. It's also getting them to trust you. Um, yeah. But but having honest conversations with them, you know, it's where do you and, – and, and I always take the approach of, look, I want you to be here forever. But the reality is you may want to be somewhere else in two to three years mm-hmm. or five years. What do you want to be doing in two to three to five years? If you left this organization, how can we position you? What would make you feel successful? Right. And I always find I get some very interesting answers to that. It's, it's one of those arresting conversations. It's one of those things we don't talk about. We always mm-hmm. talk about uh, how everybody gets into an organization. We don't talk about leaving the organization. And, right. and I think the reality is people do come and go, unfortunately and unfortunately. Look, how many jobs have I had? personally right. in in my professional promotional products career and sometimes i've left on my own which is one of the most delicious things you can do because <laughs> you have full control of your career sometimes i've been asked to leave the building so <laughs> right. i think having that conversation of what can we do to position you best for success um i've always found is a really good it kind of jars people a little bit because oh my gosh i'm here a year and we're talking about me maybe leaving in two years and it's not no 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 i don't want you to leave but Let's be realistic. Do you, right. if you if you want to go? If you where, how do you want to better yourself? What goals do you want to achieve? So I, I love how you approach it too with the trust, and I, and I try to do the same thing. I just thought it was an interesting conversation of trying to get the most out of a team. Do you spend time with the overachiever, or do you spend time with the underperformer? And I think it's all. Well, and and it, yeah, all is right. And it's funny how I was just thinking of a very specific situation. I have one who, uh, one person in my organization, she is doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And she is a person who values and has told me values, you know, sort of that positive feedback, um, you know, even if it's a text message or whatever. Well, one day I was, um, she hadn't done a lot that week. And Mm -hmm. so I was going to tease her. So I sent her a text message to tease her. Radio silence. 
that mm-hmm. it really upset her. And I was like, I kind of viewed it as, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're equals and we're kind of in a situation where we could tease each other. She didn't take it that way at all. Mm-hmm. And that was a total whiff on my part. And it goes back to really understanding each person as an individual. And like I said, I don't get that right all the time. Right. Um, and all I could do was apologize and, and kind of reshift. So Sometimes we all swing and a miss, don't we? <laughs> yeah. uh, I do sure you have, do. Do you have a quick one or do you want to go ahead and run into uh, film? I have a quick one. Yeah, go. Um, so I don't know if you've seen this. Um, so if not, it may be really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but Patagonia mm-hmm. um, made an announcement this week, and I just read it sort of this morning that they're shifting what they're doing with their corporate apparel. Um, and they're um, essentially, I think, if I understand this correctly, and the audience can can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, they're going to allow people who they've already done business with, I think, mm-hmm. to continue to do business, sort of grandfather them in. But moving forward, they're only going to work with organizations um, who have a similar mission in order, uh, I think they're called B corporations. Mm-hmm. So in other words, they, you know, Patagonia's mission is to make the home planet a better place or right. something like that. And so they have essentially created a new corporate um, policy that they're only going to do business with um, organizations like that. Oh, wow. I don't, A, I don't know if you saw that and Did B, not. just, so, so b- based on what I've told you, thoughts? Yeah, I have a thought. I, I yeah. had not read that. Um, but I, I get it. I think as individuals, mm-hmm. we gravitate toward individuals who are in alignment with our belief systems. Right. Um, that's just, I think, human nature. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of corporate nature as well. When, when we try to look for strategic alliances, and I mean the global we, we look for companies that are like us, but they also complement our weaknesses and, and vice versa. Uh, strength, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think that makes sense. Uh, I think that's a big job. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be very challenging getting to be certified as a B Corp. It's yeah. not easy. Um, it is right. a years-long process. Um, but I know Patagonia has a very different mission, and right. I love that. So I love the idea, but, uh, you know, if you're grandfathering everybody in, how much of a shift is it really? Because I'll be honest with you, on the surface, it feels more like a marketing ploy mm. than actual change. Now, I'm not well, saying you throw the baby out with bathwater, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I get that. But uh, it does feel like there's more marketing to this than actual substance. The only – and again, I don't know, so I can't speak to that. But I will say that I think the reason it came out is because someone, someone's purchase order was denied. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, And and so what I thought was, it was funny because, and I think you'll appreciate this, is for me, it just seemed consistent, right? Like with the Patagonia brand. No question. And so literally, I didn't even read the article. Mm -hmm. Denise Tashiro is who I saw post something about it. And I was like, yeah, that feels right. And so I just kept going. And so this morning, I read a little bit more of the article because I thought, well, it might be a good topic for us. But it seemed so consistent with their brand that it didn't even make me blink. No, and I and I, I actually agree with you. I love Denise Tashro and what she does with, with her organization. Mm-hmm. They're a certified B Corp. Yep. And and so I, I I love the idea of anybody trying to make the world, the planet, society better. So yeah. regardless, it was not necessarily a pejorative when I said it feels more marketing. Right. Because even if it let's say it is mostly just marketing, it still raises awareness and that can cause change. Yeah, I love it. All right, cool. 
Well, you know what else I love, Kirby, since you love that so much? <laughs> What's that, Bill? Oh, my gosh, Kirby. That would be the good folks over at Gold Star. You know what they want you to experience, don't you, Kirby? They want you to experience the simplicity of a plunger on a clicks tab. <laughs> no, but they do want you to experience simplicity, and they do such a great job at that. They make the buying process as easy as possible. And with so many choices in our industry, and you're busy as a distributor, Kirby, you want to know not only the products you're buying are quality, but it's easy to get it done so you can move on to the next thing. They have those all-inclusive pricing and include setup and decoration. No hidden fees. There's nothing more annoying as a distributor and getting a, a, get, getting a, a bill and having all sorts of add-on charges you didn't know were going to be there, right? Right, and super annoying to the end user as well. Absolutely. they get So it makes it easier for you to make it easy for your end user. It's like an easy snowball rolling down the hill. It's getting easier <laughs> and easier as it goes. They offer that free ground shipping on all writing instruments. That's for the U.S. and Canada. That's always. Right. Not just Not just like on every other Thursday. No, always. Always, always. Love have, it. What, what a lot of people don't know, part of Simplicity is they offer so many free sales and marketing tools right on their website that are going to help you wow your customers and close the deal. They've got case histories. They've got all sorts of collateral that is so easy for you to use. You really need to go to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Get that free Simplicity starter kit. If you're not taking advantage of something for free, why are you even in business? They're offering <laughs> you help. Love it. And, and honestly, I will tell you, Bill, and I know you're, you're generally the sponsorship guy, but I will say that I have had some great experience with their virtuals, mm -hmm. and they're so willing to work, and they send you stuff. And it's not just that virtual where they just throw a logo on a pen. Right. I could do that. Right. Like they do storyboards and kind of lay it out in a much more creative way. And so I've had a ton of success with that. Yeah, it, they're great people to work with. So go ahead and head over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. You will not be sorry you did, Kirby. Do you have a theme for fill in the blank this week? I do. It's Excellent. a music theme. A music theme. I love when we got a music theme. Woo! <laughs> yep. Well, you want me to go first? Please. Okay. So the song you play to get fired up for workout or for whatever would be... Unchained by Van Halen. Nice. Um, it is, to me, the quintessential Van Halen song. It okay. has the most perfect juxtaposition of mu musician mastership with Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing. Um, and then you have, on the other side, Dave's a little bit of silliness, David Lee Roth, silliness and buffoonery that really made Van Halen, for a, very, uh, for a period of time, such a popular band. Yeah. Um, so and, and I just love how it starts out. It, it is my ringtone. Uh, <laughs> it gets me fired up every time I go. So Unchained by Van Halen. Cool. That's a good one. Kirby, I've got a theme this week as well, and I think you're going to like it. Okay. It is beer. That is why. <laughs> <laughs> I do like beer. Right. <laughs> the brewery you would most like to tour is blank. Sierra Nevada. Nice. Um, and actually, there's a like it, it, it's so funny. The list is super long. Yeah, I, I actually, figured it was uh, a pretty long list. Yeah, but but the one that popped into my head right away is Sierra Nevada. Uh -huh. I've read their um, you know the autobiography from the author and how they created it. That. Uh, business when you know the the craft beer industry didn't exist right um and how they have um kind of evolved it's a family-run business now and um you know 
I, I enjoy their beer. And so they're one of those people that I think live their mission. Mm-hmm. And I would, they've actually, you know, created hop farms right yes. on the facility. And I, just the whole thing of how they've put that all together, I admire that. And I would l- love to go out. And I think I could visit Sam Caber while I was out in that sure. area. So, you know, it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. You could visit Sam Caber. You could visit... Um, you could visit uh, Jason Lucash over at Oregon Audio. That's right. You could head up to Wine Country, Kirby. It sounds like a f- unscripted field trip if you asked me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. All right, buddy. Your go-to song mm-hmm. when you're sitting on the back porch with a cocktail is? Oh, so many, Kirby. But uh-huh. I'm going to have to say right now the one that pops into my mind, and that's kind of how we roll this thing, yep. is Toes by the Zach Brown oh, Band. I love that song. Um, it is. It is a really very mellow song, and I've got a probably a 400 song playlist called um, my you know it's my backyard playlist. And, okay. And when that song comes on, it just makes me happy. It gives me joy. I, I can take a deep breath. But I mean, there are so many. It's it's almost disingenuous to all the music I do love. Right. But I I, my, I we go by the first one, and it'd be Toes by. Um, Toes by Zach Brown, or just about anything by Josh Abbott Band. Love cool. the Josh Abbott Band. Yeah, I, you know I love Zach Brown, so yes. that's yeah, I love it. Cool. Okay, Kirby Blank is the type of beer everyone seems to love, but you just hate. Oh, Bud Light. Uh, so, and when I say that, like it's it's the number one beer in America. Yep. So it's what I think about Bud Light is interesting is that it, almost nobody, <laughs> I shouldn't say nobody, but you know, beer drinkers all will tell you that they don't like it, and mm-hmm. but it is literally and by far. Like, it's so interesting. It is almost twice as many sales than Miller Lite. Miller yes. Lite's number two. Um, and so the idea that that's the number one beer in America mm-hmm. is mind-blowing to me. And everybody who is sitting there saying, well, oh, I hate that beer. Well, it's the number one beer in America. So I, I, if it's free and it's cold, I like it. But Bud Light's my least favorite. No, I totally get that. As one of my friends used to say when, when looking at, you know, groups and what, you know, like the groups of people buy and it doesn't make sense. The masses are asses. <laughs> yes. I'll buy that for sure. All right. So you're either – you choose. You're a WWE star or you're a Major <laughs> League Baseball player. Your, your, your choice. Mm-hmm. Your walkout song would be? Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue. Oh, I love it. Um, because during my very short-lived uh, intramural softball career at Texas A&M, <laughs> we actually bought a – Boombox, and we all had walkout music. Of course, and you did. Of course, we did. And mine was um, "Doctor Feelgood" by Motley Crue. If you hear that opening, it's just very aggressive, very angry. Which, um, well, who doesn't like to be angry when they're playing softball? So, right, exactly. "Doctor Feelgood" by Motley Crue. That's a good one. Blank is the earliest in the day you've ever had a beer. Oh, I mean earliest in the day yep I, after you've woken up let's clarify yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's fair um you know it was funny we you know i just got back from from mexico yep. and um i remember all of us gathering around the pool and having just gotten back from breakfast mm-hmm. and being very disappointed at nine forty-five when the bar around the pool wasn't open yet so um i i would earliest in the day i would guess eight o'clock okay um, just, it was one of those, you know, moments at a golf tournament yep. where somebody said to me, Hey man, you can't say you drank all day unless you started in the morning. Yep. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? This seems like a poor decision. Yep. And I took it. And sometimes a little hair of the dog makes yep. the day go a little bit better. 
It does. It does. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Final one. Yes, sir. Music theme. The current theme song right now, the current theme song for Promo Corner might be. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, Current theme song. Jeez, that's that is a really tough one because I, my mind's racing here, and I'm gonna pick a shitty song. This is what happens <laughs> when I, you know, now I'm over, now I'm already officially overthinking it because I'm talking to you as I'm trying to formulate an answer. So it makes like I'm really giving this. I'd say something along the lines of um, "Dreams" by Van Halen is what comes okay. to mind. All right, I like um, that. Very proud of what this team. Uh, a group of people have accomplished over the past two years since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, but I, I think we have bigger dreams than that. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, dreams, and I know that's a terrible, terrible answer, but it's going to be my answer. It's not. It's not. Let's see. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, bro. All right. That's good. That, 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 honestly, even as I wrote that one, I was like, that is such a tough, tough question. It is. But I thought, uh, so, it sorry. Is. No, don't be. All right, Kirby, the person in the industry that you've never met but would most like to sit down and have a few beers with is blank. And this is a tough one, too. Yeah, the person in the industry who I've never met that I would mm-hmm. love. And, and honestly, there are, there are quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the, the People again that just popped into my mind were the leaders of Sanmar. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the speak- Yes, thank you, Jeremy and um, a, sorry, help me out. But the lots is exactly right. Yep. Anyway, the, I, I love the organization that they have created. I'm I'm fascinated by the number of brands that they manage, mm-hmm. and I love the idea that they um, that they they appear to have sort of the window of trying to do good. Um, outside of uh, profitability, um, I've had the opportunity to talk with Lee Strom, and I, yep. I admire him. And so I think that the lots and just trying to get inside of their head—that's that's sort of who pops into my head right away. Yeah, and Lee is a great guy, and, and, yep. and so you know I don't know Jeremy Lot either. I've, I don't think I've ever met him, so I think that's a great answer, Kirby. Cool. All, All right, right man. So Kirby, last week we had a little fun with stadium food, if you remember when we okay. played rapid fire. Yep. Today we're going to have fun with really crazy beers that actually Ooh. exist. Yes, okay. Okay. I'm, so I'm like again, rubbing for, my hands together. I, I hear that. So for people who are not familiar with this little segment as we finish out the podcast, I'm going to give Kirby two choices. Just simple two choices. He picks one or the other. There are no wrong answers. He just simply picks one or the other with no explanation. It's just something a little fun that we do. Kirby, are you ready to play rapid fire? I am willing to give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Both of these first two beers are by the Rogue, a brewery. You're mm-hmm. familiar with them, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Voodoo Donut Pretzel Raspberry and Chocolate Ale. <laughs> okay. Or Chipotle Ale by Rogue. I'm, I'm going Chipotle Ale. Okay. Kelpie Seaweed Ale by Heather's Ales or Oyster Stout by Porterhouse Brewing Company. Kelpie. I'm going Kelpie on that okay. one. Okay. Key Lime Pie by Shorts Brewery or Ghost Face Killer, which is made with ghost pepper, so it's super spicy, yeah, by Twisted not. Pine Brewing Company. I'm going key lime pie, my friend. Okay. Mamma Mia Pizza Beer by nice. Pizza Beer Company or Avocado Ale by Angel City Brewery. Mamma Mia, for sure. Pastrami on Rye by Pipeworks Brewing Company or Squid Ink Beer by The Ship Inn Brewery. I'm going Squid Ink Beer. Mad Marshall IPA by <sighs> Hossaman Brewing or Black Bear Stout by Hossaman Brewing. <laughs> I, Mad Marshall is my favorite, for okay. sure. 
Blue Cheese Beer by Belvoir Marketing, or Marketing, uh, Bray Brewing, or Candy yeah. Corn IPA by Urban Growler. Oh, man. I'm going Candy Corn IPA. Mangalista Pig Porter by Right Brain <laughs> Brewing or Walking or Walker Goat Brain Beer by Dock Street Brewing Company. <laughs> Walking Goat, I guess. Man, you got to gotta give the, the brewing industry, we have some names for beers, don't we? Yeah, well, th- th- it's going to get real weird here in a second. But that, okay. that Walking Goat Brain Beer, I forget exactly how it's brewed, but it was nasty. Okay. <laughs> um, Doesn't sound good. Saturday Morning IPA, and that is IPA made with marshmallows. Think Lucky Charms, and I'm not joking. Yeah. By Smart Mouth Brewing or Peanut Butter Rain Cloud by Foolproof Brewing Company. I'm going Peanut Butter Rain Cloud. And here is the last one, Kirby. Havlar, which is made with sheep dung smoked whale <laughs> testicles <laughs> by the Stegy Brewing Company in Iceland. Or Rocky, Moin- Rocky Mountain mm. Oyster Stout. And I think you know what Rocky Mountain Oysters are. Those are bull testicles. So Rocky Moin- Mountain Oyster Stout by the Wincoop Winco- Brewing Company in Denver. I'm going Rocky Mountain Oysters because, you know, yeah, made in America. Yeah, that was neither. Those are both okay. <laughs> Again, I, I, I still fail to understand how you screw this up every week, but maybe we'll give it another try next week. I appreciate it. You know who never <laughs> screws up, though, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, that would be the good Strongs over at Bam Bams. You know, we talked about their custom headwear program, fully custom caps. You can design them. Or they can design them. doesn't matter. And they're going to be delivered to your customer in 30 days or left from sample approval. So stock or custom, let Bam Bams be your first and only thought on custom headwear. And, of course, you can find all the Promo Corner podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search Promo Corner and subscribe. Kirby, as always, a pleasure doing this with you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. It's time for a beer. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.